This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. There's so much, there's so much, but we have a couple of weeks in Mitzvah Shem, but there's, there's amazing hidden stuff in Megillah's Esther, and we're gonna, we're gonna start, we're gonna try to get there, but I wanna tell you something, first a story, Nalas Chaim on Pasha Pekude, this week is the last Pasha, so not only is it, um, Mishnechus Adar, it's Adar Shani, but this Shabbos is Shabbos Chazak. It's the last parsha. Pekude is the last parsha in um, in Shemos, and we're going into Vayikra. Time is flying, and they're changing the clock. What's the Shabbos? So time is really flying, right? Spring forward. Anyway, so a long time ago, none of you girls were at that year. Um, I don't think anyone. Maybe Nadine was at that year. Um, we, we had this crazy share. This is crazy share about a woman, um, and um, she used to go. She used to go. Um, she used to go at night. The, the rabbi would give a shear after um, after my riv, and she would stay for the shear, and then she'd go home. But her husband was totally not from and whatever, and he was, you know, he didn't know that she was doing that. Ruth is here, so you got to leave with that shear. So um, good. So um, so anyway, one night um, she was she was listening to the shear. She didn't realize the rabbi went over time, and there was only one mikvah in the town. And the mikvah lady stayed in the mikvah, you know, did the mikvah for an hour after after it got dark, and after that she closed the mikvah. And this lady realized that um, that it was she, when she realized it was too late. It was after closing, and she didn't know what to do because she knew if she went home that her husband would do an avera because he didn't care about mikvah or not mikvah. He wasn't religious, and she 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 went into the shul after everybody left, and she cried to Hashem. It's a true story. She cried to Hashem. She said. Uh, I'm in big trouble over here. The mikvah's closed. And I have to go to the mikvah and my husband's not going to care. And help me. You know? So, so she, she cried and she left the shul. It's a true story. And as she came out of the shul, a wagon drove up. And there was a very old man and a very old woman in the wagon. And the old man, strangers. And the old man said to her, do you, my, my wife needs, we've been traveling for days and she's very old and she needs a hot bath, a hot, like a hot bath. In those days, you didn't have a shower that you could turn on and make it hot. The bathhouse where the mikvah was was also the bathhouse where the showers were. It was all in one building. And um, they didn't have the money to have in every house. Um, I was in Russia 20 years ago. And I needed to make a phone call. We were traveling through Russia in, in Minsk and um, in Belarusia. And I needed to make a phone call. There was no cell phones then. So I said, where can we drop off to make a phone call? And they said, there's one phone in the town. One phone, and it's in the post office. And there are lines all day long for people to make calls because there's only one phone in the town. So I got there and um didn't work. But anyway, the phone didn't work. The one phone in the town didn't work. So, so there was one bathhouse. So the old man said to this young woman who had to go to the mikvah, do you know, you know, she said, oh, I'm really sorry, but the bathhouse is closed. She knew it was closed. He said, well, I'm very wealthy. Show me to the lady who has the keys to the bathhouse. So she took her to the mikvah lady. She didn't say anything. And um, he said, my wife, uh, uh, she said, I'm sorry, we're closed. In those days, it wasn't, you know, they didn't care. It's clo- we're closed. We're closed. Um, and he took out a bunch of gold coins. He said, no, you're not. And they didn't even sell gold coins in that town. So that she said, my wife is very old and she's not feeling well and she needs a hot bath. You need to open this up. She, he gave her like a bunch of gold coins. She said, I'm opening it up. So the girl said, once it's open, because the mikvah was in the, is in the same building, just a different door, 
could, do you mind if I can come and go to the mikvah? The old man said, sure, do whatever you want, whatever it is. So she went to the mikvah and everything worked out. So she comes out of the mikvah and the old man and the woman are in the wagon and she says, thank you, thank you so much that you did this for me. You don't even know what you did for me. Because she didn't tell him, you don't even know what you did for me. And he said, we know what we did for you. She said, what do you mean you know what you did for me? He said, we came here to get the mikvah open for you. She said, what do you mean you came here? Who, who, who are you? you? I said this story a long time ago. No. She said, he said, my name is Avram Avinu, and my wife is Sari Amenu. I will show you the story. I will show you in the Avas Chaim the story. Because people have asked me, it's, it's in the Avas Chaim. Okay? And we came, we were sent from Shemayim, because you cried, and the reason that you missed the mikvah was because you were learning. You shouldn't do that again. You shouldn't do that again. It's more important that you go to the mikvah than you're learning. But Hashem sent us as, as Shaluchim to open the mikvah for you. And says, and she said, she, she was standing, she couldn't believe it, and the horses in the wagon went a little bit, and then they disappeared. What? No, it's an Abbas Chaim. A long time ago. Yeah, absolutely, I'll show it to you. I said it before. You never heard the story? It might even be in this Abbas Chaim. No, it was a but the story I'm going to tell you today is going to be even crazier than that. Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing story. I, I've definitely said it here before, that's for sure. That's for sure I said it here before. I said the story here. I said the story here. I said the story here. Come on, show it to me, show it to me. Where are you, where are you? I can't... I, I, I don't have my regular one. My regular one, it's circled. Before I tell that story, it's a shop I got to see it myself. Yeah, you got to see I hear you. I hear you. I got to remember the story. <laughs> no, it's not a story you're going to figure out. There's two, there's two Svarim. I, ha- I have it circled in my other Sefer. What? Rabbi Nachman Menashe. But he, he, he quotes it from someone else. He quotes it from someone. It's not his own. He doesn't bring his own stories. All right. Anyway, I, I can't, I don't want to, I don't, it's not wasting time, but I will find it for you and I will show it to you. I will find it for you and I will show it for you. It's circled in my other one. Uh, okay, well, tonight's story is just as, as unbelievable. Um, I can't find it this fast. I have it circled, yeah, I'll, I'll find it in two seconds. I would never repeat such a story if it wasn't true. You can't even make up a story like that. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's not a marshal. Okay, this story, this story that I'm going to tell you now is just as and this one I'm going to read you from inside. Okay. 
Sometimes I come from the other world. Lastly, tzedakah in Machayim Shalano to do tzedakah with us. The Eretz Ashkenaz we make chayef in the Eretz Ashkenaz. I think that's Germany. Whatever. There was a poor lady and she was going to collect tzedakah. She came to a shack, a broken down shack that had no windows. And half the door was broken. And it was co- the door was covered with rags. So she wanted to see this lady was collecting tzedakah. She wanted to see what's going on inside. She came inside the, the, the shack, the broken down shack. She saw a woman with four children that were shaking from the cold. And they were starving. She couldn't believe that they're such poor Jews that they had no food and they're freezing and they're shaking and and the neighbors don't even know about it. How could it be that no one's helping them? How could there be no time for Shabbos? She started going outside and screaming at the at the neighbors. You have to save these five people, the four children and the mother. So she met in the street a very well-dressed man. He was wearing gold glasses. And he had one of those watches on a gold chain, right, in the old days. And he was very tall. But he had a short beard. So the old, this man said to her, the, the poor lady that was yelling, Lama Tzaki, don't, what are you screaming about? I need etin a check. I'm going to write you a check. Take a take the bank, go to this and this bank, and cash the check. You'll get, you'll get ten gold coins, which is a lot, a lot, a lot of money in those days. Okay, Kasa Pisco, he wrote a check. Kasa, he signed it. I'm Allah. He said, "Lechim, I have altisachri. Run! Don't don't waste time. These people they're, they're starving. The kids are starving." He'll call the bank. She went to the bank. It's like to the manager of the bank. But Nasnat Pitka was a big check, so she went to the manager and she gave him the check. But Pitka, I said, "Rituba Mahajoy." The signature was still wet. We have an alchish was a piska enough on the salif. When she handed the manager the check, he fainted. Must have been a really big check. Okay. Take a miracle, Havi Rafa, they brought a doctor, Vishiva Rucha, they brought him back. So the doctor, the doctor said, what happened over here? Miha Yapo, who was here that he fainted? The woman couldn't believe what she did. She gave the guy a check and he faints. She didn't know what happened. So the, the guy who woke up now, who had fainted, asked the lady, who gave you this check? When did he give it to you? He gave it to me 10 minutes ago. We were called Poloni on this street. The Cypress called Inya. She told him the whole story. Gold glasses, chain with a watch on a chain, tall guy, nice looking. So he asked him what he looked like. And she told him all the, what he looked like. He fainted again. The doctor was still there. He heard the whole story. What's the lugar? I'm in a bank. So he wanted to throw the, the poor lady out of the bank. You're making this guy faint. She said, well, I didn't do nothing. I gave him a check. I'm not leaving until you give me the money. He took my check. Either give me back my check or give me back my money. 
They, walked, they brought back the, the president of the bank. He started to cry. Why are you crying? They asked the, the bank manager. The signature on this check is my father. And the writing on this check is my father. And it's already 10 days. He died 10 years ago. He was an unbelievable ish of chesed. He did kindness all the time. He was exactly what she described. It's exactly what he looked like. And it's exactly how he got dressed. And I cannot believe that Hashem sent him from the other world. He's still doing good with, 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 the, with Hashem's creations. And he came from the other world. In, in, in order to do tzedakah. So it didn't make any sense. So they called the rub of the town. And they said, you got to tell the rub over the story. So the bank manager asked the Tamachachim, are you talking Could it be that they send people from the other world to, to do tzedakah? Open up the Sefer Zayah, and you'll see many stories that they come from the other world and they do good with the Brios. And I said to you a few weeks ago that what you do in this world is what you do in that world. And therefore, if you're good in this world, you're still used to do good. And if you're not good in this world, then, uh, yeah, then you do bad things. Like the story with the guy who told his son where the, where the money was, 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 was hiding so that he could steal. How could a person in the other world who sees Hashem, who sees Gehenna, who sees Ganadin, who sees the whole situation, how could he go in a dream and tell his son to steal? And the answer is, if you're rotten, you're rotten. You're rotten in that world, you're rotten in this world. So you gotta be good. Okay. Anyway, so that's just the same story. That was Abraham Avino and Sarah, and this was uh, this guy's father. Alright, but we're in this world. So, let's talk a little bit about the, about Megillah's Esther. So first of all, I want to tell you, everyone needs to know, I made a bracha in the car, so that's why I'm not making a bracha. I don't want you to think I'm drinking water without a bracha. Um, so I want you to understand that the month of Adam, I want you to understand, Purim's a very big day. Um, it's a very big day for women, it's a very big day for men. It's very important that on Purim morning you go to Dalman Vosikin because it says the following. It says, and we know that the miracle of Purim is very much about a woman. It's called Megillas Esther, not Megillas Mordechai or Megillas Purim. Megillas Esther. It's all about Esther. The whole thing's about Esther. Um, so it's a, it's a very big time for Tefillah. And it says that during the year, if someone puts out his hand for Tzedakah, you're allowed to ask, what are you collecting for? Who are you collecting for? What are you collecting for? On Purim, you're not allowed to ask. Kol yad. Anyone who puts out his hand, you have to put something in that hand. Don't ask questions. You want to put a quarter or a penny, it's fine. But don't ask questions. So, that's halach on Purim. Only on Purim. Now, everything we do in this world, Hashem has to do in that world. So in Kabbalah, we learn... That Purim is bigger than Yom Kippur. You think what you pray for in Yom Kippur, you're going to get? No, Yom Kippur is Yom Kippurim. RC Cola is like Coca-Cola, which means that Coca-Cola is the thing you're comparing it to. So Yom Kippur is, Yom Kippur is like Purim. Yom Kippurim. So it's not as great as Purim. It's like Purim. Purim is greater than Yom Kippur. You're telling me, the Eli crying, fasting, Yom Kippur, right? Purim, you're laughing, you're jumping, you're drinking, you're eating. 
you're driving, your music, they're jumping all over the place. That's bigger than Yom Kippur? How could that be? So, anything you ask for on Purim, if you ask for it and you really mean it, then Hashem has to give it to you. Because call up Yad, nice and white. Anyone who puts out their hand, you have to give it to them. So that's why it says that what you down for, and I can tell you that it works. If you really down for something very, very strong, pour in the morning, we're seeking, you down for it, it's a day where Hashem, you put out your hand, you're like, Hashem, that's, if I have to do that for a human, you definitely have to do that for me. So I'm putting out my hand. I want to get married. I don't know, whatever you need. Whatever you need. Purim is way above Yom Kippur. Now, how can that be? It's very... Absolutely. You you sure you should have it in the house. Yom Kippur is... You know, Purim is a day of two. You can't go to shul. You can't go to shul. Shul, whatever. Now, oh, I'm sorry. I'm out of the camera range. Sorry, I'm sorry. Do you move the man or you move the camera? Okay. So, let me explain it to you. Why Purim is not a not normal day? It is the holiest day by far, and it it blows away Yom Kippur. It blows away Yom Kippur. So I'll tell it to you with a story. So there was this um, was this little boy, and on Pesach he asked his parents for a Afikoman present. He asked for a bicycle. The problem was that he got a bicycle two years before that. Now he wanted a new bicycle. So his father said to him, we're not so rich. I'm not buying you a bicycle every two years. Now Toys R Us is not even there anymore, so now you have to pay a lot of money for a bicycle. In those days, at least Toys R Us is a little cheaper. But I'm not buying you another bicycle. Please, 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 he nagged him. Please, come on, I'll be the best boy. But No, we're not buying you another bicycle. Get the bicycle out. You want roller skates? We'll get you roller skates. But we're not buying you a bicycle. Not happening. You just use your bicycle. Okay, what are you going to do? Your parents, your father's not giving you a bicycle. He's not giving you a bicycle. Comes. And he's going to go to the park to play ball. And he's walking across the street. And never he gets hit by a car. And they take him to the hospital. And it's not good. And the parents get a phone call that your little Chaimo... Well, let's not give him a name. Your little boy... Um, got hit by a car and you better get here fast and they run to the hospital and the doctor's like there's really not much I could do he fell on his head and it's, it's a mess and he's in critical condition we have to operate, we have to stop the bleeding but I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be if, if, you know, I can't promise you anything it looks very grave that's a bad word grave is a bad word so the parents are like what, what are you saying, what happened, he said We'll do it. We can't I'll let you know what happens, whatever it is. And the parents are like, oh my gosh, they call the yeshiva. Everybody say, everybody has to say, say Tehillim and, and all the, all the friends are coming and they're davening and it's like, it's crazy, right? And, and, and they're waiting and they're waiting and the doctor walks out and you can tell by the way he looks that something's very wrong. And he goes to the two parents. He says, I need to talk to you in the corner. And like, what's going on? Is, 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 is it bad? He goes, it's the worst it can be. And they're like, what are you saying? He's like, we lost him. In the middle of the operation, his heart stopped. Sorry. I'm really sorry. It's great when a person says, like, I'm sorry. And they're like, we just lost our kid. And, and the father says, okay, I don't want anyone to touch him. 
I got to call the Chavar Kadisha. That, you know, we have, we have a Jewish thing, it's a Jewish custom, no non-Jewish can tell, someone dies, whatever it is, the mother is freaking out, she's screaming, everybody's screaming, everyone's yelling, screaming, the place is bedlam, the father picks up the phone, and he's like, and he's like, hello, he's Chavar Kadisha, he goes, yeah, I'm in the hospital, and my little son was hit by, oh, we heard, we heard, and, and, and the doctor couldn't save him, and, and all of a sudden, boom, the doors come flying open, the nurse comes flying out, doctor, doctor, we got him back! Are we never leave you with the story on the other ending? You crazy? <laughs> doctor, doctor, we got him back. And they're like, what? The doctor's like, what? Yeah, we got him back. We got, we got a pulse. We got, we got a heartbeat. He runs back in. And the guy's like, forget about it. He hangs up, right? And, and, and everybody's taking out to heal him. And they're all davening again. They're all davening. And it's a miracle. They got him back. And they, they do the operation. And the doctor comes in. And he says, I don't know. You Jews, you, you, you know, you don't go by nature. Like... I've seen this happen before. Like he was dead, he's back, and 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 I, you know, we have to wait till he wakes up to see if he had any brain damage. But I think I think he might make it. I think he might make it. Okay, but you can't come in right now. You know, you can't you can't come into recovery. It's going to take some time. Whatever it is, anyway, they're sitting there for a few hours. Everybody's davening, and finally they bring him in recovery. And this, this little boy's in the bed. His head's all wrapped up, and he's got all these tubes and everything. And the father bends down and he like gives him a kiss and, and the kid's eyes are open and he's like, Tati, I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, because it's important. I used to be a little bit of an actor, but anyway. He's Tati, Shafe, I can't believe it. You recognize me? Yeah. Could I get a bike? <laughs> a bike! Ten bikes! The biggest bike! We're going to go bike riding for the rest of our lives! Any bike! Three wheels, four wheels, whatever you want. Mountain bike, titanium bike, any bike. Bike? Sure. Because what happened? A day before, you said no bike. You're a spoiled brat. No bike. What did the kid do? He deserved it. He earned it. He got an olive on his test. He did a big charitable act. He got hit by a car. Why are you giving him a bike? Why now does he deserve a bike? Because he got hit by a car? Because he didn't look both ways, you should give him a slap. A bike? You should look both ways, you clown! Whack! <laughs> if anybody ever did that, right? They would. Oh, sorry. They would. They would lock him up. They would lock him up, right? If a father said you didn't look both ways, they lock him up. So, girls, in your head, everyone that's watching, why the day before you're a spoiled brat, you're not getting a bike? And now, any bike. You want three, we'll get you three. You want two bikes for your friends, we'll get your friends. What did he do? He didn't look both ways. What happened? Here's the answer. Because the father thought he lost them. And compared to losing this child, buying a bike is nothing. Before, the kid was okay, I'm not buying you a bike. But now he realized, I almost lost my child. So now my child is asking me for a bike? It's nothing. In the, compared to where I was two hours ago when I'm calling the Chevrolet Kadisha, and now a bike is meaning he wants a car and buy him a car. Because compared to losing my child, it's cheap. What a price to pay to have my child back. So yeah, so the kid uh, a week later... 
or two weeks later, he comes home from the hospital, he comes home, all his friends are there, there's a hundred different prizes. They make no suit there's a hundred different prizes. Bike, the horn for the bike, a light for the bike, a stroke for the bike, special pants to wear those lycra, lycra pants, whatever, for the bike, a helmet for the bike, everything that you can imagine. And a motor for the bike. Why? Why? Because we almost lost this kid. So, so, so big deal. What is all this? This is, the father would say, this is material things. It's nothing compared to the life of my son. That moment, that moment when the nurse came running out and said, we got a heartbeat, is Purim. Because Hashem signed a gezera that we should die. And when Hashem signs a gezera, you're dead. It's not you're going to die, because in God's world, there's no time. So there's no past, present, and future. So when He signs, you're going to die? You died? You, you died? Past, present, and you will die. It's all one moment. So once he signed that Gezeira, we were dead. How do we know this? This is a very deep share. How do we know this? So it says that Hashem signed the Gezeira, they knew in Shemayim that we were done. Eliyahu went to Moshe Rabbeinu and said to Moshe Rabbeinu, there was one other time that Hashem signed the Gezeira that we were done, and you saved us. By the Egel. By the Egel, Hashem said, done. They're done. Moshe Rabbeinu David, Machinina Mashifracha, Hashem said, Salati Kidvarecha. Moshe Rabbeinu was able to break the Gezerah. The Anavi said, Hashem signed the Gezerah that Kleistral, Ish, women, men, children, they're done. So they're dead. So could you go and try to break the Gezerah? So Moshe Rabbeinu said, it depends. If God wrote the Gezerah in blood, you can't change it. Whose Gezerah was ever written in blood? Moshe Rabbeinu's Gezerah was written that he would never go into Eretz Yisrael. And no matter how much he davened, the Gezerah wasn't broken. If it's written in ink, in dayo, like a children is written in ink, it can be erased. Tears can erase ink, but not blood. So, I know he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, how do I know how it's written? I can't get into God's room to see how he wrote it. So how do I know if it's written in blood or if it's written in ink? So Moshe Rabbeinu said that any Gezerah in Shemayim is first written here in this world. It's written in this world first and then it's written in Shemayim. So see how it's written in this world. So I know he came down to this world to listen to Achishverosh and Haman when they wrote the Gezerah to destroy Kleistra. Listen to this. This is probably the Best medrash in the whole Megillah Esther. This is what it says what happens. So Yanavi comes down to see what's happening, right? So listen to listen to Haman. He says the following: Haman Haman said to Achashverosh, "Yeshno am echem ufuzum ufara." The Jews. There's a nation, they don't, they're not getting a want, so don't worry about it. They have no achtos, so we, we could, we could, we could, we could destroy them. Imam al really every time, and we're gonna spend a lot of time on this in the next couple of weeks, really every single time that it says 
Hamelech in the Megillah's Esther. Without Hamelech Achishverosh, it means Hashem. So when he was when, when Haman Amalek, the Malach of Amalek, Edom, was saying to Hashem, Im Hamelech Tov, if it's okay with the king, and this is what Haman's telling Achishverosh, Yikosev Avdom, you should write Achzera to destroy them. Well, Avdom means to destroy them. Well, you know, we heard that when jumping, when running to Moshe Rabbeinu said, "We're good. It's an ink." You could break it. How do you know it's an ink, everybody? Because what did he write? How did he write? What's the word he used to destroy them? What did I just say? La'avdam. To destroy them. What, how do you spell la'avdam? Lamid. Aleph. Bez. Dalid. Mem. Lo. Badam. Not with blood. The word that he used to destroy us spells not in blood. La'avdam spells lo badam. Same word. Same letters. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, Ah, Lobadam, we could break it. So he went to Davin to break it. So actually, we were dead. We were dead. Because Hashem wrote, La'avdam, we're done. Kala Yisrael went ahead, we knew. Manachai said, it's the first time that God ever, it was always the Goyim Amalek, everyone trying to destroy us. It was the first time God wrote us, He's destroying us, we're done. First time that the Jews were ever, so we, we, we had nowhere to go. We were stuck. You, you always have, you always had a place to go. Like, Hashem's angry. We'll go to Moshe. You know? We'll go to the rabbi. The rabbi's not there for us. We got somebody in the government. You know? Trump's son-in-law, he's Jewish. You know? There's always someone that's gonna save us. Someone's gonna save us, you know? Here, we have nobody. Mordechai got them into the trouble. He didn't bow down to Haman. So because of him, Right? We were all going to die. So we hated Mordechai. They hated Mordechai. He was the one who said, don't go to the party. He was the one who was giving Musr. And what? Bow down! Big deal! Bow down to him. No, you're not going to bow down because you don't care that we're all going to get killed. So they didn't like him. So their, their, their Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't there for them. In fact, he got them into trouble. God, who's always there to save us from our enemies, said, no, I'm not saving you. You're dead. The, the, the girl... The politician, the girl in the White House, Esther, who was in the palace, right? They read on Yeshiva World that she invited our arch enemy, Haman, to be at her party. Traitor, you're supposed to be saving us. Meanwhile, you went to the other side. You saved yourself, and you invited Haman to two parties. So she invited Hitler, Yamach Shemo, to come to her private dinner. Goodbye, have a nice day. So the girl in the, in the palace is against us. The guy who, the rabbi got us into trouble and God wrote us off. We're done. We have nowhere to go. We're stuck. We're finished. We're over. We're dead. You said, no. You gave up, you gave up on us, Hashem. First time you ever gave up on us. But this time, we're not giving up on you. So instead of saying, we're going to become Gaim, we're going to take off my yarmulke, I'm going to be a kid at risk, I'm going to be Machal Shabbos, I'm going to eat treif, I'm angry, I'm taking revenge, God, I'm leaving you. No, they all said just the opposite. You know what, God, you gave up on me. But I will never give up on you. So for the next three days, they fasted. Even the babies didn't eat. The children didn't eat. The adults didn't eat. They fasted. They cried. They davened. And they said, you know what? You don't want us anymore. You don't love us anymore. But we still love you. Could you imagine such a thing? Never happened in the history of the Jewish nation. And it will never happen again. The wife told the husband, bye-bye. Have a nice day. We're done. I hate you. I don't want anything, I don't want anything to do with you. And the husband turns around and says, you can hate me all you want, but I'm always going to love you. Sounds like a love story, but it's exactly what happened here. Hashem said, you're done. I'm done with you guys. Over. 
And we said, yeah, we're not done with you though. That moment that Klaishro got back its heartbeat, when Hashem thought he lost his nation, was the same moment that this child, the nurse came running out and said, I got a heartbeat. And the father, who's Hashem in this story, said to Klai Yisrael, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Why Hashem? You just wrote to destroy us. Why are you giving me, you told me I can't have the bicycle. Why, why are you giving me a bicycle now? And the answer is that whatever this means, Rav Shem Shepinka says, whatever this means, Hashem thought he lost us. And that moment, Hashem created the whole world. The world would be, was going to be destroyed. At the same time, we were going to be destroyed because without Torah, without the Jewish nation, there's no reason for the world. So the world would have been destroyed. So Hashem's whole plan, His six days of creation, His world, His Torah, finished. It was over. Because if we die, it dies. Everything dies. Hashem lost everything, whatever that means. Over. And that moment that we brought the heartbeat back, and the nurse came in and said, Hashem, your children are still alive, your Torah is alive, your world's alive. Hashem said, whatever they want. You can have a bike, you can have five bikes, you can have ten bikes, your friends can have bikes. It's a party for all your friends. It's a party for everyone. Give us Esther, but Sumanisa. Tell everybody about what happened. We got the heartbeat back. You can imagine in the story with the kid, if there would have been a, if there would have been a, a what's it called? Yeshiva world, the news. Forget about it. Your beepers would all be going off. He's back! He's alive! The whole town would be jumping up and down. News flashes. Yatel, all the newspapers. Forget about it. It would be on every single, every person's smartphone. Not on mine, Baruch because I don't have one. But someone would have called me. Hi, right? Wallerstein, he's alive. <laughs> the whole place would be hopping. That's what happened. The whole Shemayim went nuts. Well, the Malachim went nuts. You should read the, 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 the Kabbalah on, on Megillah's Esther. It went crazy. They thought it was over. The world was over. We're gone. That day that Hamlet's going to kill every Jew, finish. world is over. The world would have blown up. An asteroid would have hit the world and have a good day. Because no floods anymore. Have a good day. The world would have been over. Hashem's world, his Torah, his six days of creation, the Jewish nation, his children, finished. Gone. And we went and we said, no, there's no, there's no line. Bomb, bomb. Bum, CPR, 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 and we got the heartbeat back. Hashem said, whatever you want. Call up Today, everybody wants bicycles in the town. Everybody gets bicycles. poor people, take care of those poor people. A ton of Family, a pseudo for the family. Tell everybody about the miracle. That is the way above Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is about all, each one of us as a singular person asking for forgiveness, right? Okay, maybe you deserve it, maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to do well, maybe you're not. You know, explain to your father. It's two years since I got the bicycle, but since then I, my marks went up, look at my report card, and I didn't do any more chesed. And you, you know, you got to make a deal on Yom Kippur. All kinds of deals. I'll do this, I'll do that. All kinds of deals. And you know, you follow my say, you're spoiled brat anyway. You don't deserve it. You, you don't need a bicycle. Yom Kippur, there's no, on Purim, there's no answer. There's no, there's no weighing the scales, mitzvahs, aver, there's no mitzvahs, averis. It's like, I got my child back. You don't, you don't stop it sitting there with your kid. When he goes to his kid and riding the kids with a bike, and you're like, well, listen, you know, we talked about this two days ago. No, I don't think we can work this out. Cause, you know, in fact, when you get home, you're gonna get two pets. You know, because you weren't looking when you crossed, you know? We're gonna slap you around, you're gonna be punished. No more friends, like, what are you crazy? You almost lost your kid, you're punishing him now? You're giving him consequence? 
Now you're giving him consequence that they went to the party? That they drank trade for food? All of a sudden, that whole Achishverosh party was forgiven. What did they do? They forced Hashem. They forced Hashem to, to, rip, up his, to rip up his decree because it wasn't written in blood. Now, girls, what does that mean, written in blood? You think Hashem, like, has blood? So, when I learned this the first time, I was like, because that's how I think, where do you get the blood from to, like, where do you get the blood from? Like, blood? Hashem doesn't have blood. So, so when Moshe, when Moshe Rabbeinu said, when Moshe Rabbeinu said, what? Created blood. Created blood to sign it? He, he needs to sign it in blood, Hashem? It says that Moshe Rabbeinu's thing was signed in blood. Whose blood did Hashem sign it in? Right. So listen, this, this is unbelievable. So, so what does it mean that, that he went to see if it's signed in blood or not? If... You have to. This is a little strange. What I'm about to tell you, no, because you have to. You have to turn your head about time. If we died, and Haman won, there'd be a lot of blood. So, so in a world of no time, what Moshe Rabbeinu was asking Eliyahu Navi is there blood? Because if there's no blood, they didn't die. In a world of no time, if there's no blood, then somehow they got out of it. If there's blood, then they died. So, if it's signed in blood, they died. There's no way out. If it's signed in ink, means that somehow they got out of it. So when, when Haman wrote La'avdam, it was already in the words that he wrote is that we're not going to die. Lo'badam, there's not going to be any blood. Because in the world, of, if we die, then we, if we die, then we died and we're going to die. So he was asking, it's not, it's not, it's not Hashem's blood. It's not, it doesn't mean signed in a, there's a signature with blood. It means it's a decree full of blood. If it has blood, you can't change it because it means it happened. You, they, if they died already and there's blood, you can't change it. So he said, no, Haman wrote, he didn't even realize it, and there's a lot of stuff that he wrote that he didn't realize, that he wrote, Lobadam, there's not going to be any blood. So he didn't realize what he wrote. When he was writing to Akash Rehosh, we're going to write them all out. At the same time, he wrote Lobadam, there's not going to be any blood here. It's going to be his blood, but not any, any, not any Jewish blood. So, Purim is on a whole different level than, than anything else. And therefore, Purim in, is the core of saving the world. Because had we gone down, Hashem's world would have gone, gone down. Who was the core of destroying the world? Who was the core of destroying the world? No. The snake, the Nachash. Oh, yeah, right. The Nachash at the core, right? Who was the Nachash? Satan. The Satan. Who came from the Satan? Amalek. Where did Amalek come from? Esau. It says in the Zaya that when Esau was born, he had a birthmark of a snake on his thigh. Not a tattoo, but a birthmark of a snake. He came from the snake. That was his Nishama. He came from the snake. The snake pr- always is trying, right, the Satan, to destroy the world. So Haman... Where, is, where do you see Haman in the Torah, the Gemara asks? Because everything is in the Torah. Hamin Ha'etz. Right? That's for next week. Next time we speak. Hamin Ha'etz was at the Eitz Hadas, which was made out of grapes, which was wine, which is the whole miracle of Purim, because Achishverosh made a party made out of wine, because wine was the first time that they got us, 
down by, by the by the Etzada. So therefore, he thought he'd get us again. And in the end, we'll just leave with this, and then we'll explain it next week. In the end, the enemy can only be destroyed with his own weapon. There's no weapon created to destroy the Satan, only his own weapon. So by 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 Bilam, when he was flying in the air, Bilam was also a, a very bad source. So so Pinchas wanted to wanted to get him out from flying. So he wanted to take the tzitz, that where it says Kodesh Lashem, and pointed at him from Aaron, and that would kill him. Moshe Rabbeinu said, don't do that, because if you kill him with Kedusha, then the dark side gets that Kedusha. So you have to kill him with his own Tumah. So Bilam had a sword called the, the Sword of Serpents, the Sword of the Chashem, because he also worked with the Chashem. And so Pinchas got the sword and chopped Bilam's head off with his own sword. That's how you destroy the enemy. So we had to show, show Esther, who was a Gilgal of Chava, and Mordechai, who was a Gilgal of Adam, and Haman, who was a Gilgal of, of, the, of the snake, right? So this was the, their second war of the world, and if Haman could destroy us all, then the world gets destroyed. That's really what he was after, right? So Esther, who was very smart, said, I'm going to take you down the way you took me down. You took me down by the Itzadas, which was grapes, wine, I'm going to take you down... So she made a Mishta of Yayin. Her Mishta was called the Mishta of Yayin. And she brought Haman to the Mishta of Yayin. But how did the Nachash get Chava to make the mistake and eat from the tree? What did he do? He pushed her. He pushed her into the tree. He says, look, you didn't die. You touched the tree. You said you're going to die. You didn't die. And that's when she made the mistake. How did Haman, how was Haman destroyed? He was standing by Esther and he was asking her forgiveness. And the Malach pushed her pushed him onto her. And when the, when Achishverosh walked in, he said, you're touching, you're attacking my physically my wife in the palace? Kill him. So the the thing that the Nachash used, which was pushing her into the tree, Esther used it against him. and got the Malach to push him. He said, you took me down by pushing me, I'm taking you down by pushing you. He died the same way that he, that he caused her to do that very well. And you will see this in Megillus Esther over and over and over again. So, so Purim, what's coming up, Adar Shani, we're going into Purim, is a very crazy holy day. It's a day that Hashem thought he was going to lose us. And when he got us back, he said, just put your hand out. Whatever you want, I'll give you. So all our prayers, we have to start now. It's the Chodesh Adar, is to start davening. And, um, that moment only happens on Purim. And it says, that if you look in the Megillah, that every Purim we celebrate like the first Purim, it says that that moment that Hashem thought He lost us and got us back, He relives every single Purim. So it's like, they're dead, it's over. And like, no, they're, they're back! That moment in Shemayim happens every single year. So you got to chaperayim. Alright, we'll see you in Mitzvah You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.